Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. Hey, everybody. What's going on? You are listening to another episode of the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. Thank you for joining me. Hopefully, you're joining me on Tuesday, and it is a lovely Talk Cash Tuesday. That's what we hope for. But if it's not Tuesday, and I still hope it's a lovely day, and I still hope you're talking cash and getting cash, all right? Um, how's everybody doing right now? Summer is winding down to an end, kind of. Uh, you know, you can definitely tell there's a busy summer for a lot of people, right? We had COVID going on, and so everybody wanted to get out and travel this summer. And I'm seeing a lot of motherfuckers out there in Europe right now. And uh, that's good. You know, go experience Europe. A lot. Like I'm saying like two people from two different walks of life that I know that are like in Paris at the same time. It's crazy. Yo. Be a little original. Let's go to Turks and Caicos. <laughs> no, I um all all signs for me are like, how do I get back to Tulum? Because that was a great trip. No, I think I might do a cheeky Europe trip next year. It's been a while since I've been back. Like many, I guess, because uh, of COVID. 2019 was the ba- last time I was back in England. Um, so I got to see the the Mendem back there a little bit and then uh, just stay in touch with the city. Stay in touch with the home base, you know? Can't spend too long away from the home roots. Um, but yeah, I uh, I wanted to start today's episode off kind of recapping. Well, not recapping. I'll follow on to one of the things I talked about last episode. So last episode, I talked about Tristan Thompson and like child support, and he just seems to be fucking his money up when it comes to, um, well, when it comes to his money and relationships and intermarital affairs, I guess they were never married, but with child support and everything, dude's got a lot going on. So ironically, to counter this other side of the fence, uh, YC, who has been on the show a couple of times, sent me this the other day, this article about a uh, a woman and a man a man a Moroccan dude very wealthy who is suing his wife right now and for for fraud basically and and he just won he just got half a million dollars so this guy Sadiq Morafi he's Moroccan and uh, or actually sorry not Moroccan Kuwait yikes uh, the woman was Moroccan and her name was Hindel uh, Al Chabi. And I guess adultery is illegal out there. I didn't know that, but that that makes sense, right? Um, that's aggressive. Definitely don't cheat then, you know? But uh, so a couple of years ago, I'm pretty sure she was thrown in jail by the same dude for cheating. Then just recently, he was suing her for basically claiming that he was, she was cheating and um, also the fact that she was going through fraud with him and kind of pretending to uh, love him for his money and everything and extort money 
and uh, he won. He got that money. That's crazy. I think they were married for like five years. He got half a million dollars. So I wanted to share this story. City boys, we up, baby. Like last week, it was like, you know, Tristan Thompson, failure, right? Just not doing very well. And this week, City boys winning. <laughs> the men get a win when it comes to divorce, which is rare. Not even divorce. He threw her in jail and then took money from her. Crazy, crazy. But he is uh, he's an ambassador out there in Kuwait. And then so, you know, she was the president of an airline. And so it's not even like. It's not even like she's like a, uh, a small time lady. It's kind of important, right? Like some small airline that she's the president of, like she has clout. She has pull. She has money of her own. Kind of interesting why why uh, why she would go through this in the first place. If you, you always secure the bag, I guess you got to get more money. There's money, and then there's more money to be gotten. But uh, to to pull the double whammy of going to jail or sending someone to jail and then and then getting that money anyway. Ooh, good luck coming back from that one. Good luck getting married again, yo. Uh, I mean, it's working for Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> Oh God. I have been um that's finessed right there. She thought she got away with it. Um speaking of finesse, I've been re-watching Atlanta, the show Atlanta, and I've been re-watching the second season. The third season came out, I think, earlier on this year. And I watched that. It was good. Um, they were traveling through Europe. Everybody's in Europe, everybody and their mother. But I have been enjoying the second season again. I just wanted to go back and rewatch that. And some of these episodes are so funny. But they nicknamed it like Robin season because every episode has had some form of like scam or something. There's one episode where this one guy's like, oh, he got four. This guy got like $4,000 that was owed to him. Main character, Childish Gambino, also known as Don Glover. If you guys aren't watching Atlanta, it is hilarious. You should definitely give it a shot. But uh, he gets like $4,000. And this guy, he knows, like, I can flip that for you. <laughs> and he has that, like, credit card scam where basically, like, you just get double the amount on the credit cards and you can buy whatever you want. Kind of like Visa gift cards, right? And pretty funny. You can also get specific store gift cards. This is all in the show. And Donald Glover goes to use it. And then all of a sudden, he gets a text from this guy. He's like, they're on to you. You have about an hour before they shut it off. He's like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> four grand down to what i mean he didn't even get the full four grand by the time he spent it all on stupid shit that he was shopping for in the mall instead of you know maybe using it for bills and stuff but anyway i digress that's not what the show's about but it was funny because it's just like i mean he was pissed he didn't get his money back and it's like trying to get rich quick anytime someone's like i can flip that for you please be very skeptical right maybe they can but flipping the idea, I saw this all throughout the pandemic with the with the checks, with the uh, stimulus checks that we were getting. And then uh, even recently, too, uh, in the last year or two with the, the PPP loans, people were on there scamming shit and others were trying to take advantage of that by promising fast, quick returns. Uh, I recommend just trying to get rich slowly, right? Maybe make some aggressive moves, but like 
there's aggressive and then there's just naive. Like, why are people going around doubling your money without getting a little something for themselves? And then you need to ask yourself, is this person, does this person stand to make more through the process of like taking even half? So you have $4,000. If someone was to scam you, promise you 8,000, but take two, they've made more than 10% of the 8,000 because that would be 800. So, you know, they doubled their money. <laughs> but I just, I, like, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. Or it might be illegal. And uh, the IRS, with this new bill that was just passed, is now loading up on agents for audits, which is sad to see. There's like 80,000 extra or so agents getting ready to work for the IRS because of this new bill that was just passed with Biden. I think it was originally the Build Back America bill, and then now they're calling it the Inflation Re Relief or Inflation Reduction Bill or Act. And so some of the things it does, a lot of green kickbacks, a lot of uh, good energy stuff in there, which which I, I do agree with, right? Um, they increased the percentage that you get back on making the investment in solar. So the government uh, mandate or uh, money that they'll give you back basically as a, as a refund on the tax return. And so they increased that. And it goes like 26% before and now it's like 30% roughly. So if you go and invest in a solar solar electric system, to power your house, which I learned you're not even off the grid. You're still on the grid. I want to be off the grid. Like Kanye said, we off the grid, grid, grid. No, but if there's a power outage, you're still fucked. It's just that you basically you're, you're storing the energy and then pushing it back into the grid. And so they refund you, uh, the energy company refunds you based on the money that you put back into the grid. And if you set the system up right, then you should be getting more back than what you pay on electric. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not obsessed with it, but it does kind of make sense. But you got like a 26% refund on the system. So if it's a $30,000 system, you get 26% of that before. Now, I think they just increased that to 30%. Something to think about for sure. Definitely something to think about. And you can you can put that back into the system. So you, because you, you kind of take a loan out on it. You don't pay that $30,000 all at once. I'm sure you could. You can put it back into the system or you can take it as a credit on like your taxes or a, a write-off basically kind of. So if you owed money on taxes, it'll reduce that amount. And if you didn't owe money, you'll get a bigger increase back. But uh, that's one of the things that's happening in this act. Um, they slipped in here, the IRS situation, which is just lovely, like funding for the IRS, which Americans are going through a hard time right now. To fund people to kind of come after them is really unique and interesting timing. Remember, people, when it comes to taxes, you can get audited, 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 wow, up to seven years back. Did you know that? Seven years. So when you go through filing your taxes, just keep that stuff on your computer or on a hard drive somewhere just in case. And if they find something, yeah, I mean, it's just you are due tax. You might pay fines or penalties or you might, I mean, you'll also owe the amount back. They can put you on payment plans and stuff for that. Uh, if it's 
egregious enough, maybe maybe jail time, right? We've all heard about that. Um, a lot of people go into jail for tax evasion, but most likely that's not going to be, I don't think that that's what your situation is going to be just because you're, you're listening to this. You're probably your average, you know, Tom, Dick or Harry. Probably a day, like a thousand dollars worth of tax, if anything, not like, you know, millions. So probably more likely a fine and paying back whatever you owe. Yeah. All right. So I've been laughing and dying at this uh, Robin season by Atlanta. There's some hilarious, hilarious situations. Um, another episode, this guy's drug dealer like robs him. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm having a hard time. He's like, hey, I'm really sorry about this, bro. I'm really sorry about this, bro. He's like, man, take my fucking shirt and get the hell out of here. This is really funny. But uh, go watch Atlanta. Super funny. I got in a nice little banter debate with someone the other day. And I'd be interested... You, the listener, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. You can always DM me. My DMs are always open. I'm like an OnlyFans model. <laughs> For the right price, my DMs are always open. Let's talk about like rent, right? I, and I feel like my bias shows a little bit, but in any argument, people are always going to have bias. You just need to be aware of it. So I just obviously was renting downtown. I lived on the 10th floor. Now. I am not renting anymore. Now I just bought a house. Uh, I like. I mean, uh, it was just a month ago that I was renting. So anyway, uh, I got in a little bit of a debacle with someone that I know, loose, loose friended acquaintance. I don't agree with many of their hmm, posts and decisions on social media. They just need some help, I think. You know, uh, a lot of validation necessary. Nothing wrong with that, though. We all get it from a different source, you know? So that's where my bias comes in one. I already see some things I'm like, uh, eye roll, right? So I wonder if it was like a really good friend that I've known for a while. You know what? I know if it was a really good friend that I've known for a while, I would still argue with them on this. But the question posed was, basically, this person was complaining about uh, moving into a new apartment and the people above them being very noisy. And they said that there's like kids above them. So it's it's like a like new new parents with a, a newborn child. And it's been making a lot of noise running around the it, the kid running around like 7 a.m., running around at all hours of the day, which kids operate on a different schedule. I don't know if we can really affect that, but like I don't know if kids are running around like eleven o'clock at night. I do have a very relevant experience, which I'll share in a second to this though. But they're like, is it crazy if I go up there and talk to them and tell them to be quiet and keep it down? I'm like, so, and then they ask for people's thoughts. Well, I got thoughts, right? If it wasn't like, if they didn't ask for the thoughts, if they did not solicit opinions, then I would not have shared mine because I just don't, I don't know. I wouldn't consider myself close enough to this person that they're just taking my advice, right? It's just going to be an argument. And I know that I know this person, I know they, they can get a little emotional at times. You know, some people, they all ask for advice and they want a certain level. They want a certain type of advice. And if you don't give that to them, then they just argue and get like defensive. Now, this is that type of person. See, I find myself doing this sometimes. I will ask for advice. Or I will ask for recommendation. And then when, because I'm kind of deciding between two or three things. And when people give it to me, I don't want to go with that. And that kind of helps solidify my decision. But I wouldn't argue with the person. I would more just be like, yeah, thank you. And then be like, mm, nah, I don't, I don't like that. 
So anyway, this person didn't like my advice. They're like, I, I was like, if, you know, if you want to, if you want no one above you, or you don't want to have to worry about people being above you, pay for pay for living on the top floor, or don't live in an apartment complex that's like in downtown where you have units all over you, right? Because you could get a loud neighbor to the left, to the right. You could get a. I mean, there's so many memes of like online of people like banging up with a broom because they can't uh, believe the noise that's coming from below, from above. And if you like friends, I love friends, the, the show, they always had the person above them that was making so much noise. So like, it's a, it's a, it's an ongoing meme. You have to know when you move into somewhere, no matter how nice the complex is these days, they make them super thin. You're probably going to hear some things. That's just part of living there. Right. So anyway, that's what my advice was. I was like, I don't really think you have much of a right to complain. And I, I guess I didn't, I didn't say that. I just said like, no, again, if you don't want any above you, pay for the top floor. Because the top floor is usually more expensive because one, views, and two, not having anyone above you. So I said, pay for the top floor or don't live in a complex like that. And this person got upset. They were like, I pay for the most expensive unit in this entire building. First of all, who gives a fuck? That doesn't, I, and they, they seemed to get triggered that I was trying to like talk about money. I, I don't think that that was my intention here. There are so many times where I actually do bring up money into the situation that doesn't have anything to do with money because that's just where my head goes. I just didn't think this was that because I was, I was more just saying like, you don't even, it, I didn't even mean pay for the top floor. It was more like, secure the top floor then normally it's more if it's if you have the most expensive unit on the first floor then you are getting ripped off maybe you have the biggest right but and then they're like i don't think it's crazy to like you know ask them to abide by the the quiet hours it's a fucking child it's not a 28 year old adult who's partying too much it's not a 21 year old who just graduated college and it's not a 40 year old who uh invites their choir practice over to sing at all hours of the night. Because <laughs> that's what 40-year-olds do, I guess. No, it's a fucking kid running around. So as much as a, an adult can be a parent and be like, stop running around, it's a fucking kid. Like, literally. That's why I feel like people might sometimes just like roll our eyes at kids because you're like, man, that's annoying. But I would understand that there's not much you can really do about it. Some kids are just crazy. Parenting can only go so far. What are you going to do? Tell your kid not to run around in their apartment? They're fucking five years old. They're three years old. They don't really like know why they're not supposed to be doing that. And they got so much energy. Let the kid run around. I guess take it outside. Um, in my old apartment, there was one time where I would just hear noises going up and down, up and down the hall. I'm like, what the hell? And I go out and it is this guy, this older guy with his kid and a dog. And they were just running up and down the hallway with the dog. That is different. That's a kid and a dog running up and down the hallway so that not only everybody below them hears it, everybody in the apartments hears it. So I just opened my, he's like, oh, sorry, were we being loud? And I was like, yes. Didn't even really say anything else. I was just like, yes, it's being, you're being loud, right? Me personally, I believe they should have gone out to the park. There's a park, there was a park right next to my old apartment. There's a difference between like playing with the fucking dog and a kid just playing. 
when I was a kid, when we uh, first moved to this country, we moved around a bit, but I lived in Jersey for a bit and we rented a house. It was like a duplex, my family and I, and I was maybe like five, six, maybe like six or seven. We rented the duplex and we were on the top floor and below in the second or in the, in the bottom floor, the actual owner lived there, the landlord. And I would play loudly sometimes. And there was a lot of strife between my parents and them, I believe, because they would, they would complain a lot. And I wasn't like running around. I was actually just playing with like action figures <laughs> and like to play with action figures and to get in the fight, you basically just bang them against each other and then make a lot of noise driving the car around and everything. But they would complain all the time about that. And so I, and my parents would always tell me like, keep it down. So they would pass that on, but I was a kid. And even if I think I'm being quiet, sometimes I'm not. There's just a certain level of tolerance you have to have when you're willing to rent your place out above you. And then uh, like, yeah, you just have to be more tolerant. Like when we were looking at duplexes, my girlfriend and I, and we were like, okay, we're going to Airbnb this one or not. Right now we have a totally separate unit for the Airbnb and it works out a lot better because maybe we'll hear some noise if they're like being loud at night. Um, the only reason I would probably tell them to keep it down after like 10 or 11 is because of neighbors. If I can hear you, then the neighbors probably can. But I, I could give a shit less really like one, I'm young and a little more tolerant and I can sleep through that. And two, I'm a little bit more of like a partier myself. So I'm a little loud as well, but you, I'm making money off of them. I rented their, the place to them. So as long as they're not destroying it, please enjoy the space, right? You can communicate quietly, I guess, or uh, calmly. But I, I just think part of being a tenant or a landlord is, is being tolerant of those things. I think part of being an Airbnb host is understanding that people might uh, be louder than you would like them to be in your apartment. If they're not throwing a party, which is against Airbnb like violations, then it's okay. What if they're just playing music late at night? And that's what annoys me too sometimes because I read a lot of Airbnb forums these days. People have like sound monitors in there, but they're not listening in, but it just sends an alert if it's too loud. And they're like, oh, there must be a party in there. Or I like to play music while I get ready. Like, what? Or me and, me and you know a friend or me and the significant other are having fun playing music or watching TV loudly. As, again, as long as it doesn't affect the neighbors, which it could, and that's a different complaint than being like, oh, you're having a party or you're being too loud in my unit. Your unit where you're not even there? Shut the fuck up. So I don't know. It'll be a test. You guys are going to hear different trials and tribulations from me as an Airbnb host. I might be one of those grouchy ones after like a month or so. Maybe it's just from previous experience. People know, right? Um, that could be experience and part of the game. But I think you have to be a little tolerant. Uh, anyway, and, and then to this person, I just, I, I don't know. I was just talking to them. And again, they wanted to go off on tangents about paying more for rent. And they said that they had a dog before that was 140 pounds. And uh, their apartment complex told them that they had to kind of keep the dog in check and keep it down. I'm like, are you serious? Are you comparing a three to seven year old kid? Actually, I don't even fucking care how old the kid is. As long as they're not in middle school these days, because Americans are getting big, they're not 140 pounds. Your dog is bigger than a human. A kid is like 50 pounds, 80 pounds. So a kid running around can't make as much noise. And they're a kid. Why, why, why do we do this thing where people with mental illness that is un, un diagnosed 
compare their fucking pet with a fucking live child. Why? I get it. It like I get it in like the joking sense. Like, oh, this is my child. But no, some people literally are out there like, oh, no, my pet should be able to come on the plane with me. My pet should be able to do this. My pet should be able to do that. It's a fucking pet. <laughs> it's a fucking pet. And as much as I love pets and pets are part of the family, it is not a living child. If people cared about their pets the same way they cared about child, children, their children, we've been a lot better place right now. Because children are growing up without any fucking financial education. They're growing up fat. They're growing up mentally weak. They're growing up with fucking mental health illnesses that are, are based from either fucking coddling or giving them everything they want or telling them that they can call themselves whatever the fuck they want. And, and that's fine too. But like, if you're going to be like, I am different in some way, right? You gotta have a little bit of thicker skin. If you're growing up as a minority, you learn to have thicker skin. If you grow up as an immigrant, you learn to have thicker skin. Women from a young age as girls are, are kind of, they have to have their own thick skin too. I, uh, there, I mean, at, at any age, people will get made fun of for anything. Girls could go through puberty, grow boobs quicker than anybody else in their entire fucking school in like fucking seventh grade or some shit and get made fun of. But then five years later, everybody likes them because they have the big boobs. That's a perfect example right there. Uh, let's look at braces. I got made fun of because I had braces. I got made fun of before having braces for having gap teeth, buck teeth. Then I got the braces and I got made fun of with having the braces. They didn't make that. Now, now these ladies just love my smile. Now they call me handsome. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Only, only my girlfriend calls me handsome. And, and my mother, she tells me I'm a handsome boy. <laughs> but like, you'll always be made fun of. So you got to have some tough fucking skin. If you are told from a young age that whatever you say is right and whatever anybody else says is their fucking problem, that's fine, but you have to still deal with these other people who have problems. You need to fucking be able to just power through a little bit, a little bit, right? Like we're not talking about fucking like cyberbullying or some shit and, and like physical bullying. That's all different shit. But uh, words, come on now. We, we, as, as, we got to raise our children to be stronger because that's why the current generation is fucking uh, soft. And they're in the workforce, the generation below me, and their boss tells them to do something that they don't want to do. And they just quit because they don't like their boss, which is like fine, right? I don't believe we should like work forever. But I do believe that you have to have a certain amount of tolerance and you have to deal with a certain amount of bullshit, whether you're an employee or an employer or uh, an entrepreneur. There's just bullshit you have to deal with, whether it's employee, uh, your boss, or whether it is uh, customers. <sighs> anyway, that's my rant for the day. Complaints about this person who just seemed like they wanted to hear everybody be like, yes, you're right. That kid should shut the hell up. Good luck with that. I told him, I was like, hey, it seems like you want a certain amount of advice. You're welcome to go talk to the family. They, they're not entitled to do anything for you, though. Rant over. Uh, kind of in, in tune with that, because I feel, here's the thing, I think everything goes political these days, and I hate that. I've always considered myself kind of moderate, but that was because I didn't care for the longest enough time because I wasn't a U.S. citizen. I couldn't vote. Now I, I consider myself that, but still, but each side will like push, try to push or pull you. Both sides are so intolerant of another and everything becomes a red versus blue, Republican versus Democrat, liberal versus conservative type of debate. 
And I feel like I fall into that sometimes too, which is frustrating, but I've lived in conservative states. I've lived in uh, that are going to be banning abortion soon. And I've lived in liberal states as well. And so that are, that are actually like paying people to come there and, and get abortions. And I, and I work in tech. So most likely I work for a liberal company, right? On Thursday, bans the, the, the abortion goes into effect in a couple states, Texas, Idaho, Tennessee. But yeah, that's one where I'm just like, all right, I don't, I, I, I disagree with the abortion ban because I just want people to be able to do whatever the fuck they want to a certain extent. That was kind of my whole preaching throughout COVID. And these Republican states that are banning abortion aren't giving more resources to take care of these kids. So they're really just saying, hey, you decide to have a kid, which is, I, I, so live with it, take the responsibility and ownership, which I could almost understand, but not everybody is in a well-equipped situation to take care of kids. There are many, many, many reasons people get abortions. Uh, and sometimes it's because they're not stable enough. Sometimes it's the circumstances of which they had birth or whatever, but, or conceived. But I just think if you're going to force people to have fucking kids, then you need to give them some supplies or some resources to help with the kids. That's that. That's I, that's all I want to say about that because it's like I I just want people to be able to kind of make a little bit more of their own decisions and then like yeah I don't know tough tough situation there and that obviously went I, I that went across the nation that was pretty pretty wild so that's starting to go into effect now there were some that did it like right away also on Thursday Tesla stock split baby who is still holding on Tesla let's go. I have, I've whittled down my position in Tesla over time, but I bought before the first stock split because stock splits are usually really good. And I think that was a, was a four to one. I think it was a four to one. It might've been a five to one. And that was back in like 2019, I want to say 2019. Well now, so I sold some of those shares and, but I'm still holding it's because Tesla keeps growing. So it becomes a bigger portion of my portfolio. So I need to balance it out and rebalance. So now we're doing another three to one stock split. I'm, I'm bullish. Right now, though, the market is really topsy-turvy. I just bought some new shares of in my using my Roth IRA, VTI, VXUS, and then ARKK. ARKK is Kathy Woods Innovation Fund. They're so bad, so down right now. I bought pretty much at its peak. So I'm down like 60% on those. So I decided to buy more. Uh, dollar cost average in VTI VXUS. Just good to be always buying those anyway. I got that seven hundred and fifty dollar check, that Tabor refund from Colorado State, taking too many taxes. So I immediately put a couple hundred of that into the into my Roth IRA. I'm really hoping. I so here's the thing. I'm in a debacle this year where I think I'm going to be on the cusp. The, the limit for contributing to your Roth IRA is $140,000. It tapers down from like 120, basically, to 140, where you can't contribute anything. If you're at 120, you can contribute less than the, the $6,000 a year, but it like tapers down. So it's 140, and I'm on that cusp, depending on how I do at work. I might do over that. I might do under that. And so I'm going to, this, this is how I'm going to handle that situation. Because a lot of people ask, what if I make over that? You can contribute anyway, max the Roth IRA out. You'll regret it if you don't. But you can also 
still contribute to your Roth IRA for 2021 up until April 2022. You can contribute up until uh, up until April 2023 for the year of 2022. So you have four months after the year to kind of determine where you're at financially, but then you almost missed out on a whole year of gains. Like if I contribute January 2022, I invest that money, then that's a whole year of gains before I would potentially contribute in 2023 for the year of 2022. So I recommend some, um, load your money into the Roth IRA, $500 a month. If you can do it all in the beginning of the year, $6,000 in like January, February, March, do that too. That's even better because then your money has more time in the market. If you make over $140,000 a year, then, then you can take that money back. You can still pull the contributions out and you will not be penalized. And work with a tax consultant to let them know. I mean, the IRS is not going to come for you for that because as long as you're acting in good faith, I contributed more than I, I could. I, I And they would see you pulling money out of it too. Like they're not... Well, they are sticklers, but they would see you pulling money out of it and, and see that you're trying to work on it. So you'd probably, again, maybe just have like a bill at the end of the year that you wouldn't be necessarily anticipating. But I recommend you still invest the money. And if you make over, then you can pull the money back out. If you have to sell the stock or whatever to pull it out, so be it. But you might have made some fucking gains during that time. Might also be selling for a loss. So anyway, I, uh, I'm slowly but surely contributing to my Roth IRA. It's been tough because it hasn't been a priority this year. It wasn't a priority last year too. I was saving, I was trying to save a lot. And also last year, I didn't make as much commission as I would have expected. That's why I switched jobs. Uh, so it also put me in a very different financial position. The way I look at my salary, I try to live off my base salary. I qualified for the mortgage off my base salary. And then commission, which is almost double my base salary, uh, you know, depending on how I perform, that's the money to get very aggressive about investing. That's the money to go on the vacations with. But I try to make sure that I can contribute 500 a month or so to my Roth IRA off my base salary. They can cover all my expenses and then still be in like a comfortable position. Uh, I also contribute 15% of my base salary to the ESPP plan that my company provides where I get a 15% discount on my company stock, depending on where it's at. And then I do not max out my 401k. I don't remember exactly how much I contribute, but I believe it's about $10,000 or so. Um, I tried to get it in there with the match because I get a match that's about $10,000. And I, I play more conservatively with the 401k. When I start rolling in it, if I start making 200, 250, Roth IRA is not going to be a thing anymore, but you can always do a backdoor so you can max out your 401k, put an extra five into your personal IRA or your personal traditional IRA and then convert it to a Roth, which means you just pay the taxes on it and you address that as income or you recognize that as income for the year and you pay taxes on it. Um, but I'd be making sure that those things are all maxed out. I think the ESPP is better returns than the 401k. And diversification, people think of diversification as, oh, I can't just buy Apple. I have to buy Apple, Microsoft, Home Depot, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, all those publicly traded companies, and I'm diversified. Yes, but diversification is also diversification in tax. So when I go to retire at 60, I can pull from my Roth IRA and I can pull from my regular traditional 401k. 
And those are two different types of tax liabilities. I've already paid the taxes on the, on the Roth IRA. The 401k, I still have to pay taxes. But that's going to be about what, a third. Let's just for even sake, say about a third. So now I'm getting some money that I've already paid taxes on, some money that I still have to pay taxes on. And then also you have social security potentially, potentially. Then if I have a brokerage account too, then I will have to pay taxes on the brokerage account when I sell those shares. But I've also already paid taxes on the money when you put the brokerage in there. So brokerage accounts aren't the best tax options, but it's good to have a full mix. You want to know why? Because the 401k and the Roth IRA, I can touch it 55, 60 without penalty. The brokerage account I can touch right now. If I choose to retire right now, I can start selling shares in my brokerage account, which also allows you to use that money for other types of investments. You can take money from a brokerage account if you were just storing it there for five years or so and then put it in real estate. Uh, some I've had two or three different friends right now that are all tossing up the idea of trying to get into some more brick and mortar businesses. I am I I, I want to get into like a car wash. Um, someone else is doing is is looking into uh, storage units, and I'm in. I'm. This is the types of friends that you build when you are talking about money, right? And people come to you and they say, "Oh, I want to get into storage units." So we start looking into it. And we're like, "All right, they're a couple million dollars," and I've got a million right now. Does that person have a million? No. Okay, well, now I know three people, two other people, three of us total that are looking into storage units. If we pool our money together, can we get a million? Still no. So we got to hold off for a bit. Or we need to bring in a fourth person. Or we need to find a way to take a loan, right? But like, now we're talking. Now we're rolling. Now we're comfortable about talking about money together, talking about business together. You got to get the foundation right first, though. So that was a huge tangent right there off of talking about Tesla and stocks. But tax advantage diversification is the way to go. Roth IRA, you can always pull the money back if you need to. Uh, when we talk about diversification, one other asset you know that I have that I haven't really been buying recently is cryptocurrency. And I was I, I'm still very bullish on cryptocurrency. I just spent a lot of 2021 investing in cryptocurrency, and it's kind of down right now, <laughs> which sucks. But I am not. I, I'm, I'm trying to get back to the basics. I didn't focus on the 401k last year. Um, I did some real estate this year. I don't really have extra money to go and speculate into crypto. But the crypto exchange, FTX, crushed it. Crushed it back in 2022. Sorry, 2020. Talk too fast for my own good sometimes. So they re like started releasing some earnings. They actually didn't release them. They got released. They were leaked. A thousand percent revenue growth. And this was during like 2020 when everybody was getting on crypto. Last year humbled a lot of us. And that's why I'm putting a pause on it right now. If I have some extra money lying around, I will probably throw in a little bit on, on you know, some Bitcoin and some Ethereum. I do have some of it staking. Um, and then, you know, you got to have some of it offline too. But that's not my priority. And I really don't necessarily have too much money lying around, right? That's why I, that um, $750 check for Tabor, I took that and invested it right away because I was like, I have been slacking on putting money back into my my nest eggs. I've been doing a lot of pulling for for the real estate and, and just for other shit that I got going on. But they grew their revenue a thousand percent. They were a $90, billion, a $90 million company and they became a billion dollar company in 2021. That's crazy. So crypto com companies often are making money every time you make a transfer, they're taking like a fee, right? Um, like, a, like a small fee. There's Coinbase, 
there's Binance, there's FTX, uh, I guess Robinhood and Square or Block allow you to buy and sell crypto on there, Venmo as well, but that, I wouldn't say that's like a crypto exchange. I, Coinbase is publicly traded right now. Um, they did great. They are publicly traded, so we already kind of knew that. Um, they were doing $7 billion, pardon me, $7 billion in revenue. And then last year, they made $3.6 billion profit or net income. But then, you know, you see a lot of these that are insolvent potentially too. They're declining a lot and they're going down in, in revenue earned because as soon as crypto is not doing well, these companies rely on it very much. Uh, they rely on people actually buying crypto to make their money off of off of the the fees that they make. So something to keep an eye on there if you are thinking about investing in a pub, like a publicly traded crypto exchange like Coinbase. Uh, something to keep in mind if you are just watching the crypto market, right? Like boom or bust is really the way it is. It's it's kind of crazy. But all right, people, that's what I got for you guys today. Uh, fun episode. I had some, I had more thoughts than I even thought I had. Happy Top Cash Tuesday. Share with a friend at Top Cash or don't speak on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. Go share with a friend. Thank you all.